Welcome to the Sunday Evening Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Kevin Vanderput. All right, good evening everybody. You can all sit down. Um, a warm welcome again from ourselves to you here in Burgess Hill. Um, right. I'm really excited about tonight's word, as I am most weeks, every week. Uh, It's okay, you're getting used to that. You can get excited with me. Um, As a church, we've been um, looking at different things over the last few months, but we've been really having the best time together. We had a a first series um, in May, um, that was in May, no, in June, sorry, that was called Just Do It, uh, and we looked at basically how to share the gospel, um, share our faith with our family, our friends, our colleagues, and all of that. Um, And then this month, we've been looking at a series that's like the other side of the coin. Um, We called it I Dare You, where we uh, did a series on prayer, praying boldly for the people around us while we share the gospel with them. So it's like two sides of the same coin. They go together. And we've learned so much, haven't we? We have been strengthened, encouraged, and reminded that we can all just do it. It's that simple. So today's message is kind of going to wrap up everything we've been talking about, uh, everything that we've gone over the past two months together. And it could well have been the first message that kicked off the whole two series um, because we're going to look at the foundation behind everything we've been talking about, and that's love. Um, And that's great. We all love to be loved. So it's a great subject. And if you were here last week, you remember Sharon kind of left us with uh, one verse that is found in Isaiah 62. And it says, because I love Zion, I will not keep still. Because my heart yearns for Jerusalem, I cannot remain silent. I will not stop praying for her until her righteousness shines like the dawn and her salvation blazes like a burning torch. Now, what a powerful verse that is. And she finished on that note saying, we have to keep persisting in prayer, keep pushing through because we've been doing this series on prayer, that we will not stop praying until we see those answers come into pass. But notice this very first sentence, the very first part of the first sentence. Uh, It says, because I love Zion. Now, although this verse is centered around Jerusalem and Israel, we can apply the same attitude and, and, and belief to everything and everyone. So to say, because I love my family, because I love Burgess Hill, because I love you get the point. It's out of love that we do these things. And we see how key love is when Paul actually writes to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 1 to 3. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clinging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardships that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So out of these few first verses, we really see love is so key. It's the basis of everything. And what does loving look like? 
Well, there's a verse in Luke 6. We, we're getting right into the Word today. Uh, I'm, I'm going through these, but we'll have a main story after. We'll just get in there. Because um, it's the truth. So it's the best thing we can do is keep reading that truth until it sinks in into our hearts. So Luke 6, 38 says, it's in the message translation, which I think is, is, really, uh, is really good here. It gives a, quite an emphasis on it. It says, give away your life. You'll find life given back. But not merely given back, given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. What an amazing verse. What does loving look like? It looks like giving away our life. And when we give away our life, as we give it away, it's given back to us because God is such a generous God. He keeps on giving. We can never outgive God. So as we give our life away, God keeps giving us back so we can give away some more. Isn't that amazing? So with all these scriptures already, I want us to dive into one more. We're going to look at a, a, a famous story in the Bible together. It's found in Luke 10, 25 to 37. And obviously, it's going to talk about love. Um, it's a very famous story. We'll read it all together. I encourage you to open your Bible, read it along, underline stuff if you like to do that. If you don't have a Bible, though, it will be on the screen because Steve is awesome. So Luke 10 verse 25. So we have had a lot of verses, but I really want to lay that foundation that love is key. And we really see that coming out as we give away our life. Um, that is how we can show love. So it says, one day an expert in religious law stood up to, the, stood up to test Jesus by asking him, asking him sorry, this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And comes in one of the most famous story of the Bible, the parable of the good Samaritan. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he, hang, he handed sorry, the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If, he, if his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, well, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go on and do the same. Now, I've entitled this preach, Stop, Act, and Share. Stop, act, share. Doesn't make sense at first. It will as we go along. Our first point is when we love, we stop, right? That doesn't make sense yet, but 
you know, is going to come. Oh, you're already getting it. You guys are so good. Yeah, when we love, we stop. So what's happening here? We have a priest, right, who would be a very important religious leader in the religious system of things. We have a temple assistant who's not on the same level, but he's religious as well. And then we have the Samaritan, the guy, the Jewish people hated. No, like, like really hated, right? So Jews and Samaritan didn't get along. Um, they really hated him. The, the Jews basically married Gentile people while in exile. And that's how Samaritans came about. Um, so it wasn't cool. They weren't really appreciated by the Jews. But you know what that tells me though? That we have this Samaritan um, it tells me that each of us are concerned by this story because it's not only a story for religious leaders, for uh, the priests or for the people working in the temple. It's a story for each and every one of us, no matter how far we are or how close we are to the temple. So what's happening? Um, well, each of us really need to be that Samaritan, the good guy, because he stops. He stops in his tracks. We have to understand a principle here, and um, there's a guy called Tom Wright, and he writes books, um, which is convenient with his name, um, and he puts it in a brilliant way. There's a principle to understand with the Samaritan story. He says, what is at stake then, as like in the story, and now as in today, is the question of whether we will use the God-given revelation of love and grace as a way of boosting our own sense of iso isolated security and purity, or whether we will see as a call and challenge to extend that love and grace to the whole world. What is he basically saying? We all have that choice once we have that revelation of love to either use it to boost ourselves big ourselves up, make us feel good. Yeah, we are love. Yeah, it's all good. It's all nice. Or, and basically being very selfish, or realize that it is a call to, and a challenge to extend it to everyone around us. And that Samaritan got exactly that. He knew, I need to extend that love to those around me. And so he stops in his tracks. You know who else stopped? Jesus. Jesus, so many times, he stopped. He stopped to heal the blind man. He stopped to talk to the woman at the well. He stopped to heal the Gentile woman's daughter. He stopped to forgive the prostitute. He stopped to set the demonized man free. He stopped to invite himself in Zacchaeus' house. So many times, Jesus stops in his steps. It was the rule, not the exception. He stopped because he loved just like the Good Samaritan stopped, and just like that, out of love, we have to stop. Stop our busyness or self-centered life and realize that there are things going on around us. Now, I know that we've been repeating this over and over again. Our very first Sunday here, if you remember, I shared this story about the paralyzed man. And I brought Josh on a mat and it was awesome. But what did those four guys do? They stopped in their track to pick up the paralyzed man and bring him to Jesus. Sometimes we need to stop and take time. Notice what's going on around us. But also notice how the Good Samaritan doesn't just stop. Like Jesus stopped too. There's always a two. He stopped to do something, right? So we stop and then we act. Second point. Oh, Kevin, this is good. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Both Jesus and the Good Samaritan didn't just stop. They acted. 
motivated by love for the people, Jesus answered their needs every time. What are the needs of the people around us? When we look, what do we see that they need? Maybe they're in different places in life. Maybe they don't need the gospel right now, but they just need a shoulder to cry on. Maybe later on we'll be able to share the gospel with them. But out of love, we lay down our life, give away our lives so that we are there as an answer to their need. And you know what? Nothing good ever happens accidentally. Simple example. Let's take a simple example. Your friendships, right? So me and Sharon are really good friends with Fraser and Noah, for instance. But if we had never spent any time with Fraser and Noah, if we hadn't given away of our time to make time for them, to go to dinner together, to hang out, to, to talk, to all of that, those friendships would never have come to pass, right? And it's probably the same with our friends. They're your best friends today because you have spent the best times with them, most of your time with them. It's a simple example. Here's the thing though. Here's the thing is that Passivity, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, actually. Um, But (laughs) nothing good happens accidentally. That was the main point. It doesn't happen accidentally that we are good friends with Fraser and Noah. It doesn't happen accidentally that you have good friends around you. You have invested the time in there. I know I'm repeating myself. It's just so I find myself in my notes. Bear with me. Um, 1 John 3, 16 to 19 says... We know what real love looks like because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give give our, our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. See, there's an action required. We don't just stop and notice the problem, we act upon it. And that's why I wanted to say I got ahead of myself. Passivity is our enemy here. Being passive is negative. Because what are the priests and the temple assistant doing in this story? Nothing, exactly. They do nothing. Love calls us to action. Love calls us to action. We see that in that verse. Let us not be merely people of words, but let's show our love with action. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. So more and more every day we can act on those things. So the Two religious guys in this story, the ones you would expect to do something, are being completely passive. And here's the thing, a decision to do nothing is still a decision. A choice to remain passive is still a choice. And that inactivity in that point indicates that we are in agreement, we approve with whatever is going on. Because let's face it, if we are not bothered, it means we are fine with the situation, no? So that priest, that temple assistant, they were just fine. They didn't mind. But actually, are we fine with the way our family is like? If we have non-Christians in our family, are we fine with the way our workplace is like? Are we fine with the way our town look like right now? I don't think so. So passivity shouldn't be the answer. But actually, we need to make a decision to act upon those things. 
Because if we remain inactive, it means we agree with whatever is going on. So what do we do, we, you ask me? Well, we do exactly what we've been talking about for the last two months. We, we dare, we let God's love motivate us to pray into situations, to speak out the, God's words, to spend time with people, to share the gospel with people. It's the best news they'll ever hear. It can't go wrong. We notice their, meet, their needs and then we meet it by doing something. And the third point, when we love, we share. Now, that's the one last thing. When we realize there's a need and we start picking things up in our surrounding, there might be this um, need in us to save the world as a solo mission. You know, like we take on all the needs we see and we're all going to do something about that and I'm going to change the world. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me grace to do it. But that's not how it works. Notice how often we, we, we talk about mainly three characters in this story. We talked about the we talk mostly about the priest, the temple assistant, the two religious people that passed him by, and about the good Samaritan. But actually, there's a fourth character in this story. Any guess? It's like the Jonas brothers. They actually four of them. Who knew? Like uh, anyways, there's there's a fourth member in the story. Any guess? The innkeeper, exactly. We never talk much about the innkeeper. But essentially, he, she, whoever he was, we don't have a name, is doing exactly the same thing as the Good Samaritan. It is as much as, as important as what the Good Samaritan did. The innkeeper stops in its daily task, put the job aside, his normal duties to take care of this wounded man. The Good Samaritan leaves no, um, the Good Samaritan actually leaves the person with the innkeeper and the innkeeper takes on responsibility for that person. Now, how crazy is that? Like an innkeeper in my head is like a hotel manager, right? Like a person that manages a hotel or something. It's probably not their job description to be a nurse, right? So like imagine the situation. The guy comes in, brings a wounded man. Don't only say, do you have a room for him? But actually ask, oh, by the way, can you also take care of him? Like take care of his wounds, look after him that he doesn't die. And I give you here two pounds. And if it costs more than two pounds, well, give her your own money. And whenever I'm back in 20 months, I will give you back some money for it. How crazy is this situation? Do you, I, I don't think we realize that. Like, I would have been like, oh, I'm no nurse. Yeah, do whatever you want with the man. Put him in a room. I don't care what happens. It's not my job description. But no, out of love, the innkeeper stops and acts and makes a difference in the situation. Because we don't hear any complaints. We don't hear any argument. We don't hear any resounding, no, I'm not doing this. No, we hear nothing because he's doing something about it. So we all have a part to play in this scenario. We all in this together. <laughs> Maybe you... Maybe you show the person, maybe you're going to be the, the person that, that is bringing one person to church, right? You're going to be the, the first point of contact. You're going to reach a person that is in your neighborhood, your neighbor or, or, or a member of your family, and you're bringing that person to church. But guess what? You're not alone. As a church, we can 
pray for you, encourage you, share that burden, that healthy burden in this case, with you. You're not alone in this. If you bring that person to church, someone else we will have been praying for months in advance to see that event come to pass. One person will welcome that person into church. One other person will invite that person into this small group. One other person will invite them one day on this very spot to share their testimony. See how everything is connected. We all in this together, we all have a part to play in this. None of us can remain inactive. So two people in this story showed love and compassion. Didn't just preach it on a Sunday or tell people to love those around them. Because let's face it, the priest, his job was probably to tell people all the stuff they were supposed to do based on the law of Moses. So he was probably saying, love people around you every week. But when he came to it on the road, he switched side and kept walking. Same for his apprentice or whoever he was. Let's actually back our words with some action. And show the love we have received to people. Let's lay down our lives together again and again in prayer, in conversations, in situations where we might be tempted, just like the priest, to go the other way. I know this looks too messed up. I know, like, it's the fifth time he's calling this week. Like, this is too much. I'm going to walk the other side of the road. No, let's lay down our lives again and again and show that love. We've learned over the past two months that it's, it's so simple to share the gospel, but it has also a cost for us in terms of time, in terms of, of what it takes, in terms of being with those people. And sometimes it can get messy. But we've also learned through this month that as we do that, we can sustain that with prayer. We can ask God for strength. We can declare things over them. If their attitude is not right, let's change that in prayer. Let's hit that in prayer so that we see a change in that person. There's so much we can do. But as a church, let's not be passive. Let's not walk on the other side of the road and ignore what is going on. It's so easy to stay in our little bubble, to to that statement that the Tom guy wrote, to keep that love selfishly for us, for ourselves, without realizing that it's actually a call, a challenge to give it away. So what have we, uh, Toby, do you mind coming up to the keys? What have we learned today? I'm just going to go through a couple scriptures again. In Luke 6.38, we saw, give away your life you'll find life given back. But not merely given back, given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting is the way. Generosity calls to generosity. As we give our life away, we get blessing. We get bone, but we don't do it for that. But God is so good that as we do what He asks us to do, He gives us more. What else did we see in 1 John? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. For actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. And in John 13, 34 and 35, it says, is is God speaking through Jesus? (laughs) A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. 
And you could easily interpret that verse and say, oh, people will notice by the way the disciples love each other. Like the love between us in the church, about how I love Matt, about how Matt loves Fraser, about how Fraser loves Richard. But actually, through the story of the Good Samaritan, we see that it's not just applicable to the people in this room. It's how we love others, everyone, anyone. It's how we show that love. And that love motivates us to share the gospel with them. It motivates us to pray for them. And see how it ties it all together. Everything we've seen over the past two months, everything we've learned and put in practice has to come from that place of love. Because love will be able to sustain, will make it possible for us to sustain our actions on the long term. If I don't truly love someone, it's easy for me to give up on them after two, three weeks. So let's not be shy and ask God, Give me your love for the people around me. Show me how much you love them. And give me faith to see a difference made in their life. And as I do that, the practical, I'm going to do the spiritual by praying day and night for them. Until I see that breakthrough. I will not remain silent. Remember that first verse. God, I will not stop until I see that answer but God keep giving me this love for people don't let me rely on myself because no human love will sustain you long enough but God has met us with perfect love so we can then meet other with that same perfect love when they mess up we're still there when they argue we're still there when they don't want to come to church we still ask them because we're still there. Thank you, Father. If we can just all stand, I think that we can all just take the time to simply ask God. Because as we saw, we all have a part to play in this story. It's not just KF's leadership who could be the priest, like the, that level. It's not just the people involved in the temple, the church, people that work for the church. It's every single one of us that have a part to play in this story. So let's simply ask God right now. God, give me a fresh love for the people around me. Help me to stop in my steps to notice those around me, to notice the needs that are going on. Father, help me to have the courage to act upon those needs, to not remain passive. And Father, help me to share, to share with others, to involve others in the process. Because everyone is there cheering you on. As a church, we need to cheer each other on. What happened to that family member you were praying for, that uncle? 
Is he doing well? Has he given his life to Jesus? No. What's going on right now through his life? Oh, is he in, in, in a divorce? Does he need peace? Whatever. We're going to pray together. Let's stand together. I'm going to pray with you. You got this. Keep sharing love to him. Keep sharing your faith with him because he will come around and he will come to church and we'll all be here together to welcome him in this place. Because he will meet God's love. But before he even meets God in the church, he will have encountered God's love again and again and again through each and every one of us. I'm going to simply leave two, three minutes for you to just work that out with God. Don't let let this just be words that were shared and it sounded good for a minute. But really take something on tonight. That it would be seeds that would bear fruit. That would be established in you. That next time you go to town, you're like, God, help me to show love right now. Show me the needs around me. Help me notice. That person at the table there in Costa seems lonely. Maybe I can go talk to them. It's that sort of thing. Just pray it through with God. Ask Him for that love. Father, we thank you because you first loved us. We deserved nothing, yet you gave us everything. You loved us perfectly, endlessly, and your love never stops. You never give up on us. So Father, let us reflect that and let us never give up on people around us. And let us love one another as you call us to do. Father, let us be like the Good Samaritan. Even though he was hated and he wasn't accepted himself, he knew that he could accept others and make space for others and love others. Father, no matter what, let us make space for people in our lives. Because there's nothing, nothing you care about more than people. You want your children to come to you and encounter your love. So let us be that vessel through which they would encounter that love. Father, I pray that we would all have a fresh revelation of that love. A fresh revelation of what your love looks like on a daily basis. To lay down our lives.
Father, I thank you because as a church, you gave us a promise in this season that we will see multitudes come into your building. And that should be so reassuring because it's a promise that on a smaller scale, every person that I talk to, every person, there is an end in sight. We know they are going to come into this building because you have promised it to us. So there's no fear. There's no fear there. There's no doubt. There's no, maybe it's not worth it. No, we know. We know that you have promised us so we can go boldly and share that love. Father, let us realize that more and more. It's so simple. We can just do it. With your love, by faith, while praying, we will see our towns completely transformed. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You are so good. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you are teaching us through your Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for empowering us, guiding us through every season, equipping us to reach the world around us. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, we already give you all the glory, the praise, the honor for all those people that by faith we declare are going to come into this building week after week because we are putting your word in practice. Because we are not being passive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Can we just give a massive shout of praise to God because He is so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.